Well, hello and welcome to the Informed Traveler podcast, a travel podcast where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman. In a few moments, we're going to chat with travel writer Michael Cunningham on traveling to Costa Rica. Michael recently got back from San Jose, Costa Rica, so he'll share his experience with us. Plus, we'll head to Dunedin, Florida, where the spring training of Major League Baseball has begun. It is also where you'll find the Fenway Hotel. It's located just minutes away from Dunedin Stadium. That's the home to the Toronto Blue Jays during spring training. But to start our podcast, this week, let me ask you this. Would you travel out of the country to seek medical or dental treatment? More and more people are doing it, so I thought it'd be interesting to see what's involved. So joining me now from Costa Rica is Dr. Mario Bonilla. He is with the New Smile Dental Group located in San Jose, Costa Rica. Hello, Dr. Bonilla. Good morning. Uh, Lovely to be in your show. Well, thanks for doing this. Uh, We don't have a ton of time, and I'm sure we could probably talk for hours about uh, the growing trend of uh, medical tourism. Is that what you're finding, that over the years uh, your patients have increased from uh, outside of Costa Rica? Yeah, we've been doing this for, I mean, Costa Rica has been known for this medical and and dental uh, industry, and we've been doing medical tourism for over maybe 20 years now. Uh, basically what it is is giving the patient an opportunity to get a better treatment with a better price. Uh, we're not going to say that it's cheaper, it's just more affordable. So we have the opportunity to give the, the patient a, a better and more extensive treatment to be able to get them back to where they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So get it, basically you're getting more value for, your do- for their dollar yes, is what I'm it. hearing, right? It's a saving almost 70% on your local dentist. So sometimes, especially, we specialize here in our clinic more for uh, full mouth restoration. And what we do that is pe- people that are either wearing dentures or they lost basically all their teeth or all their teeth. Mm-hmm. We're giving them back uh, the sensation of having natural teeth again, meaning that we, we place implants and we give them something fixed, nothing removable. And that way they're, they're able to just go back to our more normal uh, situation instead of just having something either uncomfortable to be able to chew on or mm-hmm. something that they are not able to chew with. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the concerns that pop up when you're doing a consultation with patients from uh, out of Costa Rica? No, actually, it, what it is is sometimes they're fear to just get out of the country and look for a treatment. But nowadays, and especially Canadians, are more open to find uh, better treatments out of Canada for other many reasons. Sometimes in, in it's because of the line on just waiting for the service to, to be able to, so they can use it, or because they they are looking for something better, to, like you said, and they get a better value on the dollar and to be able to get something better. Instead of just having a denture or having a, uh, implants with a denture, they can actually get a bridge with a denture that are going to be basically the same price that they can get something else. Mm-hmm. I always compare, like, if you... With the money that you have, maybe you can buy a bike or a motorcycle, but with the same money, you can buy a car down here. Mm-hmm. So the, the patient is going to be able to, to get better treatment at the same time, feel better. How long is the average stay? Uh, I know you specialize in dentistry, uh, and there's other procedures that uh, people go uh, visit, uh, not only Costa Rica, but other countries as well. But uh, on average, when you're, when you're doing a consultation, uh, is it a week, two weeks? Usually when a patient comes out of, uh, out of the country, they will stay around 11 days. The 11 days is the maximum, 
And what we do is, let's say a patient, let's get an example of a patient that is wearing dentures. They come in the first day, we will take the the x-rays, we do a a full tomography to be able to, a 3D scanner, to be able to tell how much bone you have, and then we'll do a planning. The same day, we'll place the implants. And in a normal case, we'll place six implants on the top, six to eight, six to eight implants on the top, six to eight implants on the bottom. That is, you have both dentures wearing on. And from there, the same day you live with teeth, those are temporaries. And you have to visit on those 11 days, maybe three more times. And let's say that was day one, day three or day four, you come back just for a checkup on your bite. And then on day seven or day eight, we place the teeth. You have a couple of days to chew on them to be able to, we always have some adjustments to be done after we place the teeth. And it's just going to be a new sensation. It's, it's, it's from, uh, it's a totally different sensation once, especially a patient that has been wearing dentures for many years. Mm-hmm. Once we are able to place something fixed and they're going back to where they're supposed to be. What it is, is I always tell the patient, we're not going to give you an extra arm that you don't know how to use it. It's going to be just giving you back what you used to have, but being able to go back to where they're supposed to be. So now do you handle all the hotels and everything like a full package or uh, you just handle the, the medical aspect of it and people are expected to do the rest in, on their own? In our site, in newsmilecostarica.com, we actually give the opportunity for the patient to, uh, if they need help for us, we will give them a suggestion of hotels around the area. There's people that like to stay there in a hostel, people that like to stay in a five-star hotel, mm-hmm. but we give them the options on, on what we need. We have a pickup service from the airport. As soon as you arrive, there's going to be a driver waiting for you. They'll take you to the hotel, and then another driver that will pick you up from the hotel back to the clinic and back and forth as many times as we need. We have a concierge that will help you out, put together stuff if you need that. But we also give the opportunity of a lot of patients that they like to do themselves, whatever they need. Well, it's an interesting uh, growing trend, as, as we've said before. More and more people are doing this, and more and more people seem to be more comfortable uh, doing this. Uh, Dr. Mario Bonilla is a dentist with uh, New Smile Dental Group. Their website is newsmilecostarica.com. I appreciate your uh, time on uh, sharing your insight on this, uh, Dr. Bonilla. Thank you for having me. Have a great day and thank you for everything. One of my bucket list items when it comes to travel is attending one of the spring training camps of Major League Baseball. I think it would be a great way to enjoy the sunny, warm weather of Arizona or Florida. Well, located just minutes away from Dunedin Stadium in Florida, the home to the Toronto Blue Jays during spring training, by the way, is the Fenway Hotel. And the general manager of the Fenway Hotel is Sean Routon. And Sean joins us now to share some insight on the Fenway Hotel. Hi, Sean. Hey, Randy. How are you? I'm well, thank you. When I think of uh, the Fenway Hotel, the name, I think of Fenway Park in Boston. But that's not where you are. You're in Dunedin, Florida, which is uh, baseball country uh, this time of year or soon to be in a few weeks, right? 
it is baseball country very soon and also a little bit warmer than where the other Fenway Hotel is. <laughs> very true. A little bit warmer than where we are as well. So so give me a rundown of uh, exactly where the Fenway Hotel is and uh, how long it's been around. Yeah, the Fenway Hotel, like you mentioned, is, is in Dunedin, Florida, and uh, we're really close to Clearwater. And a lot of people are familiar with Clearwater Beach and Dunedin is very, pretty much a hidden gem um, in the Bay Area here, and um, it uh, has its very big charm of its own, actually. Um, it's not a huge community, but it, it does have a community with a, with a huge heartbeat um, here. Uh, so the, your website, I'm looking at it now, it's uh, FenwayHotel.com, a place humming with soul. So I gather if you're a music lover, not just a baseball fan, but if you're a music lover, this is a great place to stay. It is, yes. It, it's definitely a, kind of the icon of, of the jazz age. It was opened in 1927, and um, it was a hotel for some time, and it went through a couple of different changes over the years um, to a university, and it actually went dormant for some time, and we were actually able to bring this back to life um, and kind of create that timeless rhythm and, and give it a heartbeat again, which we're very excited, not only for us, but for the the city and community of Dunedin. Mm-hmm. So you have uh, musical uh, activities going on almost every night there, don't you? We do, and we're part of the Marriott Autograph Collection Hotel um, brand, and you know their piece is really exactly like nothing else. And we're pleased to say that that really embraces our hotel perfectly as well. And that's where we really get our music piece from. This was actually um, the first radio station in the county, um, some time ago, and it's actually with a, a radio station that's still active today, WFLA. Um, so that's where we get our music, kind of our nod to that, and really the history of the Fenway from back in that time. With that, you know, we, we have live music seven days a week here at the hotel, and there's different nods throughout the hotel that you'll see as you come and arrive on property as we embrace that story of the music and the tradition of the hotel. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm looking at some of the images around there. It looks like uh, it's a beautiful area of uh, Dunedin and in the Florida area. So the Hi-Fi rooftop bar, tell me about that. That is the, uh, the photo shot of the hotel. And the hotel itself is beautiful, and it really does encapsulate Florida living at its finest, to be quite honest with you. Um, it's a very large property um, that really overlooks the St. Joseph Sound, so it has beautiful views no matter where you are. Um, but Hi-Fi is a rooftop lounge, which has a great overlooking view of that sound. Um, and it's beautiful. The sun, we're very fortunate the sunset falls every evening right across, uh, right across the water for our locals. So what are the rooms like? How many rooms do you have? We have 83 rooms, um, and a good portion of them are suites. And, and again, we really kept everything, carried our branding through the rooms as well. Um, we have symbols in our room, music symbols from a drum set that alive from the Fenway. And we've incorporated a lot of uh, new pieces as well. We really did keep the building as original as possible and really carry that 1920s kind of Art Deco, Jazz Age feel we were fortunate enough to really incorporate some modern pieces as well. And each room is outfitted with an Alexa um, system. And so the guests can actually have their music play through that from a Bluetooth. But more importantly, we actually took advantage of it from a hospitality standpoint. Uh-huh. So when a guest is staying in our rooms, if they would like towels delivered to their room, they just, Alexa, please <laughs> deliver me towels. That's and what that great. does is it actually um, sends us a notification to our guest services team. 
that we at that time um, deliver the, the towels to the guests. So no phone call needed to call the front desk. You just chat away, and Alexa coordinates everything with our team here on property. That is excellent. What a great idea. I'm surprised uh, more hotels haven't caught on to that, but <laughs> that's great. Alexa, bring me breakfast or something, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's very neat, actually. No kidding. Uh, now, tell me about uh, let's see the Hue Parlor and Chop House and some of the other uh, amenities you have uh, on site. Yeah, Hue um, Chop House is um, Hue is actually means to cut or chop in the culinary world, um, and Hue are the actual initials of Fenway's Hotel's original architect, Human Everett Wendell. Um, so, again, we really tried to bring and carry through the history of what it was and to the people that originated the property. Um, but it has a beautiful menu, and, and one thing that we're very fortunate to have is the support of the local community. And, you know, one thing when you go visit hotels, you go to the front desk and you want to go where the locals go. Mm-hmm. And, we're, you know, we're fortunate to be able to say, well, they'll be here tonight. <laughs> a lot of them are partaking in here. They're partaking in hi-fi. Um, and we really try to embrace the community, and it takes them to give this place a dynamic piece and a heartbeat, like I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Well, you have uh, an events calendar on there as well. Uh, obviously, I mentioned baseball season starting uh, very shortly with uh, the Toronto Blue Jays not too far away, their training camp. Uh, what are some of the other activities and uh, events you have coming up over the few coming months? Yeah, most certainly. We have um, partners of our hotel or the uh, – the Dallas Tai Chi Society of America. Um, and actually, they're based out of Toronto, um, believe it or not. And um, they actually purchased the grounds before we were able to merge together and, and form the, the Fenway Hotel. So we have Tai Chi classes on the lawn that locals can partake in, um, as well as any guest here. And we do specialized dinners, as well as a speakeasy class will be launching, because we actually have a, a speakeasy there was a speakeasy here in the 20s at the hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, so we actually have that on property from a viewing standpoint. We couldn't quite activate it um, the way they were able to back in the day. But um, so we're actually going to be doing kind of following that tradition and doing speakeasy classes and what that looked like in Prohibition to give someone kind of a, a recreation of what that would look like in a class format. Uh, so tell me, uh, we have a couple minutes yet, so uh, some of the other activities your guests uh, might partake uh, around the area of Dunedin, uh, excluding the baseball season. Yeah, most certainly. One thing we do have on property is our, our branded Fenway bicycles, and we have a fleet of them for our guests to use. And, and Dunedin offers a lot aside from what our hotel does. Their downtown is a very quaint cobblestone area, um, mainly mom-pop type style eateries, and it also is bridged by the Pinellas Trail, um, which is a miles-long trail that runs through the county. Um, so our guests are able to, to really enjoy not only the waterfront bike views by going down the water, but even through the Pinellas Trail and into downtown to visit um, local eateries. In fact, Dunedin is, is quite known for their breweries. In fact, we have nine breweries within like three miles here in the county. Um, so there's probably some drinking and biking happening um, <laughs> with our guests from the hotel. <laughs> well, it gets pretty warm. You'd have to stop and, and refresh yourself as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, it sounds like an awesome place to stay and a, a great place to visit. It's the Fenway Hotel. The website, again, is fenwayhotel.com. And Sean Routon is the general manager of the Fenway Hotel. Uh, thanks for your insight, Sean. Appreciate it. Thank you, Randy. We appreciate you having us.
Well, a popular vacation spot for many people is Costa Rica, and that's where travel writer Michael Cunningham recently traveled to. Michael has stopped by to offer up some hints and tips on what to see and do in Costa Rica. Hi, Michael. Hi, Randy. How are you today? I'm well, thank you. Uh, Have you been to Costa Rica before? I've been a couple of times. It's one of my favorite countries in the world. It's just uh, there's something new every time I go down there. Well, it is a beautiful place. I've been there many times. There's lots to see and do. So uh, tell me what area you were in and and what brought you there. Well, I was actually down there uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I went down to uh, actually have uh, some uh, be a part of the medical tourism uh, to get some teeth done, which I was totally impressed with, uh, just the service uh, that, uh, that I was provided from the time that you arrived to, uh, at the airport to the time that I have to leave. It was just first class. But I wanted to spend uh, about three days just trying to get an idea of what uh, the whole San Jose area was like. And um, so uh, I decided that I would just tour because, you know, San Jose gets a bit of a bad rap when it comes to the safety aspects of the city. But you know, like a lot of other cities, um, you know, if you travel out at night and, uh, you know, you're carrying uh, jewelry and things like that, you should not be doing that, whether it be North American or any other part of the world. Mm-hmm. And so um, what I did is I worked very closely with the tourism office and um, just to say, show me what, uh, if I have three days in San Jose, what should I be looking at? And <laughs> and I was totally impressed with some of the things that they actually uh, laid out for me. That's what I usually say when I'm talking to tourism people. I say, if I have three days, seven days, whatever, and you're my tour guide, where would you take me? So uh, what were some of the highlights for you then? Well, some of the highlights uh, was actually the city itself because it has such a a strong historical background, uh, especially with the Spanish uh, that were there. So, uh, you know, the, uh, the Spanish came around about 1736, and they've left a lot of the architecture um, from even old uh, churches and buildings. And uh, it's just that you have that kind of uh, European feel to a big part of the city. And, and they've really focused uh, a lot on trying to, to attract the tourists. So there's uh, major renovations that are going on when it comes to the sidewalks and the downtown central area where you'll actually find the central market. Um, and it's it's quite something. The Central Market has been around for uh, since I believe it's 1880, and it's um, hundreds of merchants and small little uh, restaurants. They call it sodas um, that you can go in and have some of the traditional food, and you can buy every type of fresh fruit and vegetables and clothing and backpacks and. You know, you could spend a day there, and on top of that, just around the corner is the uh, the National Museum, which is quite spectacular. And then uh, they have two fascinating, a brand new building that's called the Jade Museum. So it's five floors of everything that has to do with the early ancestry, uh, you know, of the of the native population, um, and the importance of jade in the market. And it's it's extremely well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you mentioned food. Food is always a big part of traveling. Uh, any particular. Uh, food items that you enjoyed or maybe didn't enjoy so much? <laughs> well, you know what? I enjoyed all of the food. The one thing about Costa Rica, the food is always extremely fresh. Uh, the vegetables and uh, the fruit. Every morning, you know, I'd always have some bananas and papayas and strawberries. And uh, you'll find a lot of places that specialize in uh, strawberry um, milkshakes, which are delicious because all the strawberries are locally grown. Mm. Of course, they're well known for their uh, their beef and uh, and pork. 
So a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of traditional ways of cooking it. So there's a couple of, you know, really good restaurants that are there, but great places called La Hacienda, which is, um, it's a kind of a suburb of um, San Jose. It's in Escazú. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's an old uh, farmhouse that they've converted into this fresh bakery, and you sit out on the patio with green lawns, and they freshly squeeze the orange juice, and the Costa Rican coffee is is first class anyway. So that was really enjoyable. And uh, then you know there's a you know certainly lots of different restaurants that you can choose from, but um, a special place is called Escalante. Mm-hmm. And it's, a, it's an area of San Jose that I generally recommend that you take a cab to, but it, it's, every corner has outdoor restaurants and patios and some funky little places to go to, and the music is there, and it's kind of an art deco in certain areas, and painted garbage cans, and lights hanging across the streets. Uh, it's just it's a fascinating, vibrant area and lots of restaurants. So I certainly would recommend that you go there. And there's, in particular, there's a restaurant I went to. It's called Al Mercat, and um, it was just fresh greens, organic, set kind of in a wood and green vegetation setting. And it was uh, it was just a great place to go and eat and have lunch. And so that's what I would recommend. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned uh, taxis. How did you find getting around uh, San Jose? Well, taxis, uh, you know, one of the things that I recommend that when you go down there is that you should check with TripAdvisor or work with the tourism office to get a, you know, a reputable tour guide if you're planning on spending a few days there. When you get into the actual city itself, uh, always take a red cab. There's different colors of cabs, but mm-hmm. red cabs are... Um, uh, you know, authenticated uh, by the tourism office. You'll see a little yellow um, uh, lit sign up on top to show you that uh, they are official cabs. Um, You will also, when you get to the airport, you'll see orange cabs. I mean, they're official as well, but they're a little bit more expensive. Um, So I would say if you have a chance to use a shuttle service and or use a red cab, um, anything else is they're more or less pirates. So stay with that. Uh, One thing that's cool about Costa Rica, it's misleading. If you're looking on a map, it doesn't look uh, very far between the Pacific side and the Caribbean side. However, it's very mountainous. So uh, it may seem like it only takes a few hours to get from one side to the other, but you're going through windy mountainous roads. Uh, Did you you venture uh, outside of uh, Costa Rica at all? Certainly did. And, uh, you know, within about 90 minutes of uh, San Jose itself, you have, I mean, it's the home of two lots of uh, volcanoes, of course. Um, and there's a there's a couple of volcanoes that are that are in the area that I would certainly recommend that you go in. It's called Irazu. It's that's I R A Z U Volcano National Park. When you're going up there, hopefully the weather is great. It's spectacular views. They have an amazing crater. Um, it last erupted in 1963, which was kind of interesting because it was the time that uh, John F. Kennedy happened to be just arriving at the airport mm. at that time, and that's when it decided that uh, it would erupt. So it <laughs> <laughs> causes uh, certainly a few flight delays as well. But uh, there's also another beautiful place it's called La Paz. Uh, it's a waterfall park. Mm-hmm. And it uh, again, it's about 90 minutes, and you go up these winding roads past beautiful coffee plantations. And as a matter of fact, uh, Starbucks has a major plantation that they've just taken over, and they have coffee tours. But uh, um, there's lots of coffee plantations that you can make tours there. Mm. But 
when you get to the summit, there's some great little restaurants that kind of seem to be hanging out over the edge. Um, and when you get uh, to the uh, to the actual volcano crater, it's kind of this beautiful blue-green color that uh, sits in the crater with all the water that's been filling up there, and and you can see for miles. Um, uh, so it's it's spectacular as well. And then when you get to um, uh, you know when you're actually at the La Paz. It's it's a bird and wildlife sanctuary. Um, I think they have over 300 different varieties of hummingbirds there. Every type of you have little parakeets that will come up to you, macaws, and they actually have uh, leopards and pumas, um, ocelots, a lot of the native animals from the country that have been injured or they're uh, you know they're trying to protect them, and you're you can interact with them i mean it's it's uh, it's an amazing uh, amazing spot too so volcano and la paz waterfall are just uh, great places to go to mm-hmm. well it's a great country to visit uh, any time of the year and michael cunningham is a golf and travel writer and blogger his uh, website golf and thanks for your insight michael appreciate it well it's my pleasure randy thanks very much and that is this week's Informed Traveler podcast. I want to thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, take a minute, rate the show, leave us a review, and tell a friend about the podcast. And if you want to drop me a line, my email address is randy at theinformedtraveler.ca. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash informedtraveler, or you can follow me on Twitter at informedtraveler.com.